everybody, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Chatting with Country. Today, I have on the line with me Financial Times journalist, Claire Bushy. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited. This makes me smile. Um, so I wanted to have you on because a lot of times we are always conducting interviews with other people that we never get that chance to be interviewed ourselves. And so I decided to put the spotlight on you just a little bit. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because this is, this is very unusual for me. <laughs> I, I, it feels very strange to be the one answering the questions as opposed to asking them. <laughs> we got you sitting in the hot seat. So Tell us a little bit about you, wherever you want to start at, and then include in there um, what made you become a journalist. Is this something you've always wanted to do? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Delaware, and I worked for my high school newspaper, and I pretty much wanted to um, be a journalist starting with that, you know, when I was, I guess, like, 16 or 17. I studied it in college and then I got a job working at a tiny, tiny newspaper, Circulation 8000 in uh, Clovis, New Mexico, population 32,000. And, um, you know, slowly got, slowly got better jobs. (laughs) And and, and now, um, like 20 years later, I work at the FT. So in their Chicago bureau, um, I say Chicago bureau, but uh, that is just me in my living room. There is uh, there's no official office here for the Financial <laughs> Times. So. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a trajectory. Amen. So you use the salty journalism proverb G.O.Y.A. slash K.O.D., which stands for huh. get your ass Get off your ass and go knock and knock on doors. Look, I'm adding stuff into it. (laughs) But I thought that was fascinating when I when I researched you, because it's like that's where I am because I'm new to podcasting and I need to get out here and start communicating with folks if I'm trying to grow in that area. And so tell me more about that. Well, I mean, it's just gosh, I don't know where that expression comes from. Um. But, you know, like, there's, if you're a reporter and you're just sort of, like, waiting for things to happen, uh, it doesn't work very well. Like, if you, Mm -hmm. you, you might not know, like, what the plan is. Like, you may have zero hope that something is actually going to work. But it is kind of amazing when you go out and actually take action whether it's mm-hmm. like metaphorically or literally knocking on doors, like it turns things up. And so I, I find that like as a news reporter, um, you know, if I, if I'm like, you know, sitting in a sulk in my living room, that is my office and don't know what to write about and like, not sure like what direction I should be going or like what angle I should take on a story or like nothing's working. Like, just call people like just like shake the tree and you're kind of I find that I am often shocked at what I 
but I end up if I just take action without like without necessarily having a plan but like it like moves you forward you know it like gets you out of the funk it gets you going in a direction and you may need to like change direction but at least (laughs) you're you're in motion you know what I mean I do know what you mean I was a little bit um, afraid to even reach out to you you know and ask hey would you jump on with me and so when you said yes it melted my heart. I had well, a little smile in there. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I felt like you took a chance on trusting me because that's, of course, how we met. Like, I reached out to you for a story about U.S. airlines. And, you know, like, I feel really privileged every time people take that chance and they trust that I'm going to listen to them and represent what they say in a faithful manner. And, like... Uh, you know, because I know that that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I'm a stranger. And mm-hmm. so um, I like when you were like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? I was like, you know what? Like, I, I feel strange about like being <laughs> the, the person answering the questions. But like, how could I how could I possibly say no? Like, given like how we met, because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, you were kind and gracious with me and so I feel like I you know I wanted I wanted to to do the same well I appreciate you so which do you like more Chicago or New York oh Chicago like 110 (laughs) percent like New York is trash I will I will stand (laughs) by them fighting words okay (laughs) um so yeah, New York is obviously uh, the center of the journalism industry, and uh, I have kind of had um, not just me personally, but many journalists who are based in Chicago have had an uphill struggle over the last 20 years as the number of jobs in the local media scene has diminished. and. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things, the, the jobs that are left um, have are, are largely based in New York. And and so um, I, I and so I work for an organization that is headquartered in London, actually, but has a very large uh, newsroom in New York. And that's kind of where most of the people I work with on a day to day basis live. And so consequently, you know, um, when uh, not being stymied by a global pandemic, I would I go to the New York newsroom every so often to like check in and prove I'm still alive. And, mm-hmm. and so I am always asking myself this question when I'm there. I'm like, could I live in New York? Like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, I, I was I was just there last month and I was having this usual conversation with myself and I was like, oh, I guess it's fine. <laughs> but then I'm just like, wait a second, you're paying three thousand dollars a month for an apartment mm-hmm. and there's and you come you and you walk out of your you walk out of that three thousand dollar a month apartment <laughs> and there is literally trash on the sidewalks like that is where they put it for collection. Mm-hmm. Chicago, we're civilized. We have alleys. That is where our dumpsters are. <laughs> We got alleys. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you asked me something. I'm happy to rant on. 
yeah. And, and because Chicago is, um, is so, you know, it, it is often, I think, disparaged uh, in what, by whom. Um, Chicago has like a complex about itself. And, and also, um, I think that, you know, uh, I, I think that it's kind of the classic, like, that scene from, from Mad Men and one character says to Don Draper, like, I feel sorry for you. I really do. And the, and Don mm. Draper replies, I don't think about you at all, <laughs> which is brutal. Right. And I kind of think that Chicago is, is the first and New York is Don Draper in that scenario. <laughs> and so, um, so I come out swinging for my adopted home city. All right. <laughs> so do you think women have it hard as journalists? Uh, I think women have it hard, uh, regardless of their everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I I don't think it's uh, half. Yeah. I I don't think that that is an arguable point. Um, It's certainly not one that anyone who would, anyone who would say that women do not face, um, you know, greater barriers in the workplace, um, in their personal safety, uh, in their uh, being treated fairly in their relationships, like anyone who's going to argue that is frankly not someone I'm going to engage with because I think they're mm-hmm. uh, either not that smart or arguing in bad faith. <laughs> I agree. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, glad we agree. <laughs> Look, deep breath in and let it out. <laughs> <laughs> If you got to work and you had 10,000 unread emails, what would you do? Oh, well, that's, I mean, that was today, basically. Like, <laughs> I have, in my inbox, I currently have 26,117 unread emails. Yeah, that's that's my work account. So, um, yeah, that I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I get a lot of, I get a lot of pitches from public relations professionals that don't have much to do with, uh, what my job is. And so, you know, those are automatically unread. Um, we have a lot of email traffic simply within my news organization that doesn't like apply to me specifically, you know, just uh, talking about somebody's going away drinks in mm-hmm. London. <laughs> and I'm like, I will not be attending, unfortunately. <laughs> I cannot get on the plane for that one. Um, so so yeah I uh I just I have uh no no ambition to get to uh inbox zero I mean like what's the point who cares yeah yeah so if you can describe yourself in one word what would that word be and why um oh gosh I mean angry like, I'm angry about everything all the time. It's, you know, it's like the world is not fair. And that bothers me on a quite visceral level. And, you know, I, people always talk about how, like, women have trouble expressing anger. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Introduce me to some of those women. <laughs> like, I have no problem with that. Like, I feel anger is a natural emotion 
that, you know, you feel when um, confronted with many of uh, the situations that uh, crop up in, in daily life, you know, I, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I kind of burn hot and um, yeah, anger, angry was the one that jumped to mind as soon as you said that. So now I'm going to ask because that's what I do. <laughs> okay. How do we channel that energy and turn it into not being so angry? What do you do? What's your outlet? Well, well I mean, okay. So I don't, I don't, but I don't agree that it's like bad to be angry. I think that anger can be channeled in useful ways that it can be um, Use a, a driver. a fighting tool. Yeah, of course. And you know, I, I would argue that anger is like the appropriate action when, or the appropriate emotion when we um, are confronted with the, you know, unfairness of, you know, it's just so much of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that said, I mean, it can be corrosive, right? You know, you don't want to, um, you know, dive an aneurysm at 39. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, um, I, I box, uh, not like I don't spar, but I, I do have, and this is the most bougie thing about me, but I do have a personal trainer and <laughs> which is very embarrassing to admit, but Hey, um, I, I have a personal trainer and like I box with him. And so I get to hit things really, really hard once a week. And mm-hmm. that helps me like deal with the rest of my life. That's good. I just, um, I was talking to my, one of my younger brothers because they're mm-hmm. in law enforcement in Indiana and boxing came up. I have a friend that hits the speed bag and, you know, nice. every now and then. And so I was talking to my brother about it, like, Hey, you know, maybe you should try this because that's a great way just to release that daily stress, you know, Absolutely. go hit a bag or throw some axes or you know, whatever it is that you need to do just to release, because that's very important, especially with, you know, you see and hear a lot in journalism and they see and hear a lot with law enforcement. So I'll bet. you definitely need an outlet. I'm pretty sure if I tried to hit a speed bag, the speed bag would hit me first. <laughs> so what advice would you give yourself at 15? Ooh, um, Take a profession that actually pays some money. <laughs> and pick a profession that pays some money and that doesn't leave you feeling like run over every single day of your professional life. Um, God, but no, I mean, I say that for a laugh, right? But the problem is, the problem is, is this is really rewarding. Like the highs are really high. Um mm-hmm. So advice when I was 15, um, maybe that it's a long game that you might, you know, I I was not really where I wanted to be professionally when I was 28 and I didn't have the benefit of knowing that with time I would, uh, you know, I would end up having a job at a newspaper where I'm very proud to work. And so I guess maybe, you know, I would tell my 15 year old self, like a career is a long thing and 
if you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be right now, uh, you know, give it, give it time and maybe don't feel quite as miserable and frustrated and blocked and, and just so worried that you won't progress. Give your, like, calm down a little bit, give yourself Mm -hmm. a little grace and, uh, take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's good advice. I mean, I don't think 15-year-old me would have taken that advice. I have trouble taking that as 42-year-old me. But, like, (laughs) I do, you know, knowing that that is perhaps advice (laughs) to take, that is the progress from 15 to 42, right? Mm -hmm, (laughs) One hopes. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's the best gift you've ever received? Oh, gosh. Um, Hmm. Uh, I got a wicker picnic basket with like ceramic plates and like real, um, flatware and like little, little tiny wine glasses with short stems, um, which, uh, can take to like outdoor concerts and stuff for picnics Mm -hmm. because yes, if, if the personal trainer is the most bougie thing about me, this is definitely the number two most bougie <laughs> thing about me. <laughs> um, I love that picnic basket. And I am not ashamed. <laughs> That's cute. If you had three wishes, what would it be? Ooh. Um, hmm. <sighs> well, let's see. I would, I wish that I could become more disciplined about carving out creative time for myself. Like I, I always have these grand plans about like how I'm gonna, you know, be writing a play or a novel, like before my shift starts. And I, I fail at that like a lot. And so I I wish that I could be more successful in achieving that goal of of just even carving the time out you know like I let the success of the venture take care of itself but just I wish I could I wish I could um do that for myself uh I wish that I could fall in love again preferably with someone who also is in love with me um because I think that would be really nice and three, I wish that I would have the opportunity to move to London as it is my, uh, it's probably my favorite city in, on the planet. And I have loved it since I was 13 years old and I visited for the first time. And uh, that is where my, my newspaper is actually headquartered. And uh, yeah, I just think it would be like, such a blast to live in that city um, again. I I lived there for a year when I was doing graduate school and I would really, really like to move back without, uh, you know, without a a limit on how long I can stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That was a lot. lot. (laughs) I mean, it was, and I'll go back to it at the end. Um, I'll, I'll go back over that. I'm processing what you said. Um, 
How do how bad do you feel this recession will be? Oh gosh, um, I, I feel like that's a. I don't know. I feel like that's a question you should ask to our reporter who covers the Federal Reserve. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think it's it's kind of hard to like talk about recession when you've got unemployment that's at historic lows, like 3.4 percent, I believe, is the number from a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, um, I think that. I think that undercuts the idea that there, uh, this will be particularly egregious. And, and inflation appears to be slowing as well, with the caveat that it went up real fast and real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to default to what, uh, you know, some of the executives that I cover are saying, which is that they they think there will be, you know, challenges over 2023, but uh, they're not um, they're not um, taking huge actions just now in order to address those challenges, which, you know interpretation like they're not that worried yet it's still too early a little bit yeah yeah so kind of the last question if you had to teach a class on one thing what would that be oh gosh um what am I actually good at (laughs) (laughs) I don't know um I, okay, I feel like I could teach a, a very decent hour and a half ballet class. I have done ballet for 30 years. I am a very enthusiastic amateur, um, you know, not professional level or anything, but like I've been doing this for a long time. So uh, I can move, you know, a group of people from plie to grand allegro over the course of 90 minutes and I can competently correct people so you know like oh you know your arm needs to be here your leg needs to be here etc I, I, I could do that okay so now I'm going to go back to your three wishes and okay. I just want you to process what I'm saying sure and then I am going to thank you for being on the show <laughs> because well, I- this means a lot and for you to be in the hot seat I know that's making you a little squirmy and you're probably (laughs) having fun as well though you know because most people um, tend to like podcasting because you can't see me but you get to hear me right and so just thank you for the yes it's nice to um, you know it's like always nice to um I don't know. It's like nice to chat. So it was, mm-hmm. it's been fun. <laughs> All right. So going back to your three wishes. Yeah. Um, with achieving your goals, you have to get back into the habit of self-care. I know you said you had a personal trainer, um, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. almost not enough. 
right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you need to set aside maybe three times a month to just find a new home girl or old one and chop it up on the telephone, but to just disconnect from the things that you take into your eye gates and your ear gates mm -hmm. um, to help you breathe a little bit more. And then I yeah. would say, don't give up on love because I almost feel like love is in London. <laughs> it's like your heart is calling you there. So, hey, for, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like your heart is calling you there. And it almost made me want to ask, like, what's stopping you from going, you know, now? Um, hmm, interesting. I have a lot of thoughts about you, Miss Claire. So, um, <laughs> but on that note, I'm going to close us out. Thank Unless you, so you have much. something else to say. No, I don't, except that I've really enjoyed this. And thank you for inviting me. All righty. And on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace. Same to you. <laughs>